0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, This Thing Called Grief Navigating Life After Loss. I'm your host, Lori Peters. For each episode, I bring my personal and professional experience as a veteran griever and licensed counselor to have meaningful and authentic talks about grief, loss, and life in the wake. I'll be exploring many facets of grief and not sugarcoating anything that I discover. My goal here is to create a safe space to acknowledge, share, and be inspired. I look forward to starting this journey with you. Hi, you're listening to This Thing Called Grief with me, your host, Lori Peters. I'm a licensed grief counselor in Pennsylvania. Today on the pod, I'm going to be giving you some concrete ways to help yourself or someone else who is grieving. Throughout this podcast, I've sprinkled in a few ways to help yourself with various types of losses. Today, I'm going to add to that list, so let's just get started. The first part of this episode will focus on you if you're going through grief. Number one, acknowledge that you have had a loss. It's more difficult to navigate grief when you haven't given yourself the space to acknowledge that you've had a loss. Denial and fear can be powerful and it's normal not to want to face the discomfort associated with grief. But how can you help yourself if you don't do this? How can you help yourself or someone else if you won't even acknowledge what you've lost, whether it's something or someone? Whatever can be mentioned can be faced and worked through, so acknowledge that you have had a loss. Number two, feel all the feelings. Feel all the feelings. If you have been a faithful listener to this podcast, then you have heard me say this many, many times. Feelings, I know, can be uncomfortable and painful, but remember that they serve a purpose. Feelings signal that something needs to be paid attention to. They signal that something may need a resolution. Feelings are telling you that there's a need that needs to be met. Whatever is suppressed will leak out in other ways, most likely in ways that you don't want them to. Number three, get whatever is inside you out. I say a lot on the podcast here that grief is energy and it manifests through our thoughts and feelings. Energy has to move or it builds up and bursts. So we must learn how to manipulate this energy so it doesn't manipulate us. By expressing thoughts and feelings, we are moving that energy out in a healthy way. The mind, body, and spirit are interdependent and interconnected. When we remain stuck in one of those areas, it does impact the other areas. The benefit of expressing our grief is we feel better and we create opportunities to learn more about ourselves and maybe others too. How you express your grief is up to you. I find that my go-to is writing But yours could be something else like art, movement, talking to someone or whatever. Find what works for you. Number four, find support. Navigating grief is made a little easier when we don't do it alone. It can be comforting to share with someone else, whether it's via therapy, a support group, a social media group or something else. There is a lot of power in sharing our story and finding out that someone else has a similar story to ours. It makes the grief experience feel a little less lonely. Another reason for finding support is it can teach us something about ourselves and others. A different perspective can motivate us to think about something in a new and different way, maybe a healthier way, especially if we feel stuck. And number five, don't fall for the myths about grief. Some of the early episodes I made for this podcast listed a number of myths about grief. So if you have a chance, go back to listen to those. I will mention the top two ones here, though. First of all, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. And number two, there is no timeline for grief. If only we had a manual for handling one of the hardest things about life, losing someone. If only there was one solution to take away all the pain. But unfortunately, the thing is, there are no such things. We must each find our own way through this process because each journey will be unique. What works for me may not work for you. You will have to undergo a lot of trial and error like I did to find out what does work for you, but don't give up, keep going. And now on to the second part of this episode where I talk about how to help someone else who's grieving. But first let me recap what I've talked about so far, five ways you can help yourself if you're grieving and they are acknowledge you've had a loss, feel all the feelings, get whatever is inside you out, find support, and don't fall for the myths about grief. Now, if you have someone in your circle who's grieving, here are seven ways you can help them. Number one is hold space for them. What I mean by this is just be there for the person. Don't try to fix them. Don't brush off their feelings and concerns just be there for them sit in silence with them if you can if that's what's called for and follow their lead number two listen more than you speak i believe there's a reason why we have been given two ears and only one mouth and that's because we are meant to listen more than we are to speak and there is a distinction between listening and hearing When you are hearing, you're engaging that physical sense of sound. When you listen, you are not only paying attention to what is said, but perhaps to what is not said. Kind of like you're reading between the lines. And then you just sit with that. Whatever comes up, you just sit with that with them. You don't problem solve. You don't give them advice. You don't fix anything for there's nothing to be fixed grief grief is a process that is natural and necessary number three empathize this is a big one wear the other person's shoes for a moment and imagine what it must be like for them to grieve imagine if you have had a similar loss to them and what that process would look like when you empathize with someone you're not expressing pity you are expressing compassion, which at its root means to suffer with. And you are sitting in the pain with the person while not taking it on yourself. This does take practice, but it's worth it. And once you master this skill, it will become second nature to you. Some of us are naturally born empathizers, while others will need to work at it. Number four. Follow their lead. Tune into what the other person needs for that moment. If all they want to do is to talk, then allow them to do that. If they want to problem solve or they ask you for advice, go with that, but go into it with no expectation on your part, meaning that you don't pressure them. You don't um, force them to follow through. Grief is an exhausting process. And on a lot of days, you just don't have the energy to do much. Pay attention to their cues and use your listening and empathic skills to tune into what they're really needing at that moment. Number five, do not give advice. The last thing a person needs in grief is unsolicited advice. Remember that we each do grief differently, And what may have worked for you or your uncle or your grandma may not work for them. Also, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. I know I say that a lot in this podcast, and I do that because I really want you to hear it and because it's true. People typically mean well when they give advice, but often the advice is not appropriate for the person for numerous reasons. And... The advice leaves the person who's grieving confused and maybe feeling guilty if they can't or won't follow through. Number six, if you've lost someone, how many times have you heard this? Call me if you need anything. Probably a lot. I know I did. Well-intentioned folks often say this thinking that it helps the grieving person, but really it doesn't. It really doesn't. Often the griever does not know what they need. Grief muddles the brain and it can be hard to think and to reason and to rationalize. Plus there are so many logistical concerns the griever has that they can feel overwhelmed. They just may not have the emotional or energetic capacity to reach out to you. So be proactive And don't wait for the grieving person to contact you. Instead of saying, call me if you need anything, say this. I'm going out for such and such. Can I pick up anything for you? Or something like that. Another way to be proactive is to maybe drop off a few groceries on occasion. But not the casseroles and not the one-pot meals. People who are grieving probably have refrigerators full of that stuff. And more than likely all that stuff gets thrown out anyway, because how many casseroles can you possibly eat in a week? So forget the food, but thoughtful gifts and maybe picking up a few toiletries or a few groceries here and there, that is a thoughtful thing to do for someone who's grieving. You can be proactive by touching base with them often and not just in the immediate days and weeks after the loss. I'm talking months after the loss, a year or more after the loss, just check in. You can do that by calling or texting with no expectation that they will call or text you back. Don't put that pressure on them. It lets the grieving person know that they're being thought of and that brings more comfort than you can possibly imagine. Trust me on this. Be creative in how you can be proactive without adding more stress to the person who's grieving. And number seven, follow through. If you promise to do something, follow through on that. There is nothing worse than an unkept promise, especially during grief. If you say you're going to do X, Y, Z, then do that. Grief can be an isolating experience. So if you've promised to stay in touch, please, please keep your promise. So let me recap that, um, seven things to do. If you have someone in your circle who's grieving and they are, lost my place here. Hold on a second. Um, they are number one, hold space for them. Number two, listen more than you speak. Number three, empathize. Number four, follow their lead. Number five, Do not, absolutely do not give advice. Number six, be proactive. And number seven, follow through. So you may have noticed that my list of things to help others in grief is longer than the list to help yourself in grief. And there's a good reason for that. It relates to energetic capacity. In grief, your body will become exhausted And so will your mind and spirit. All three are undergoing the momentous, the arduous, the gigantic task of coming to terms with a huge shift in your reality, a loss. So to give yourself the space, time, and energy to do that requires that you don't do much else. You don't need a long checklist of to-do items. You probably have that already, especially if you need to tidy up the deceased's estate, um, take care of their belongings, and what have you. You need every bit of energy to heal, to recover, and learn how to live with the loss. So try to do what you can for self-care. And with that, I've come to the end of another episode of This Thing Called Grief. Thanks for tuning in. If you can, please leave a rating or review for the podcast. Next time, I will do another list type episode in which I name some of the best and worst things you can say to someone who's grieving. So you won't want to miss that episode. Until next time, if you're in the throes of grief right now, just be here in the moment. Breathe. Give yourself a hug because you've come a long way and you're still here. You're still going and take care of yourself.